Welcome back to another episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. I'm Meredith Allen, and I will be your host for this episode. Okay, listeners, we have a bit of a different episode for you today. As Alberta has recently passed its one-year anniversary of living and coping with the pandemic, I thought we could shift and have an open discussion with a mental health care professional. Joining me today to help guide this discussion is Dr. Jody Carrington, a child psychologist by trade, author of Kids These Days, and a public speaker, not only right here in Alberta, but across North America. Dr. Jody is the Jill of all trades and is here to share her enlightening perspective on the emotional impact that COVID-19 has had on our lives. So grab a coffee, pull up a chair, and let's chat. I heard that future casting is an essential tool for long-term business. According to a recent poll, 48% of Canadians say they are $200 or less each month away from again? Do you think the energy sector say the economy is too dependent on leaves university with considering cloud computing for my business? Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Welcome to the show, Dr. Jody Carrington. I'm happy you could join me today for what I imagine will be a fantastic conversation. Meredith friggin' Allen. I, I have been so excited for this conversation all week. So I thank you for having me so much. Oh my goodness. I too have been looking forward to chatting with you. Um, it, it has certainly been something I've been looking forward to all of April. So thanks for joining. Wow. A whole month. A girl. whole month. <laughs> Look at this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sad. I didn't like get it. You get, you know, we weren't on the calendar in March, but I'll take April. I mean, I'll take, I'll take, I'm excited. You're, you're good. Let's go. Let's, ta- let's talk about CPAs. Absolutely. So I want to kind of get into something. So you have quite a profound way of capturing and understanding human emotion. And one of my favorite quotes that you use regularly is, we are wired to do hard things. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? And how do you incorporate it into not only your practice, but also throughout your virtual community that you have cultivated? Yeah, I love I I love that question. And I think so much about this is um, really in this process right now. In the middle of this global pandy, I think that uh, we're really struggling right now to believe that we are wired for more of this because at the heart of what we do, so I'm I'm a child psychologist. I've done a lot of work with kids and families and police officers, and um, it's now uh, oil field companies and corporate, and it's sort of expanding to this big, large process because the whole underlying component of how we assist kids in growing up and developmentally being able to handle this world is fundamentally around emotional regulation. How do we not lose our friggin' minds when we get overwhelmed? That is our number one job of parents as caregivers, as sort of raising up a next generation of supervising junior staff. Any of this process comes down to this underlying understanding of emotional regulation in common times of distress. And what really becomes, I think, the fundamental difference between people who do well and people who do not, who struggle under times of distress is your ability to just breathe, to take it one step at a time, to believe that we are wired for this and that we will survive the hard things. And when you don't have that belief or that capacity to sink in, to slow down, it will become really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And we are on this globe universally in this process of emotional dysregulation right now as a globe. 
Because the primary components of emotional dysregulation for kids, let's just say for kids, because it's sometimes easier to comprehend, is uncertainty, fear, and no end in sight. Okay, so when I see a kid losing their mind the most, they are uncertain, they're scared, and they're not sure if it's going to end. Think about the components of a global pandemic. Uncertainty, fear, and no end in sight. As a globe, we're emotionally dysregulated. People are financially stressed. They were demanding answers. And when we get most overwhelmed, we start to demand and we lose our capacity for compassion mm -hmm. and to listen. And so we're navigating so much as a globe, this place of emotional dysregulation, which means it makes it really hard to believe that we're wired for this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I remember, you know, I've listened to you uh, through multiple different platforms before. And, you know, you always talk about the notion of drop your shoulders, drop your shoulders, take the tongue from the roof of your mouth, drop it. You know, how does some of those subtle movements, I guess, physically really help you understand and uh, and come to terms with what is going on? Because your, your body physically reacts to things going on around you. So how does that help? Well, the body keeps the score. Okay. So when we have logical, practical minds, it makes so much easier. Like if I were to look like, you know, a statement of like uh, a PL statement, what's coming in, what's going out, what does this look like in our process? Like what is, um, it becomes really difficult and messy in this world of emotions to be able to have a clear, okay, what does this mean? If this world is stressful, then I need to remove the stressor for me to decrease that stress. That's not always true because it's not always possible. So in the meantime, as we navigate the hard things like death and grief and loss and taxes, how do we keep our body in this calm enough state so that we can be our best at navigating whatever is on our plate before us? Because there will be hard seasons, regardless of how logical and practical and how many spreadsheets you got mm -hmm. that's gonna navigate you through the stuff, yeah? It comes down to this process of not if you're gonna do it, but how you do it. Mm -hmm. And so the body keeps the score. I am much, I have much more access to my ability to, to navigate um, even things like, you know, equations, or how I get to the end game of something when I look after myself first and then I serve. And so much about that simply comes back to this. And it sounds way too simplistic to even make sense, but it is the truth. If I think about the times where I get most dysregulated, uh, um, this platform that I'm building is really all around this idea of we must reconnect to things that allow us to continue to be present for our family and our uh, the things that really matter and our businesses, our cultures, our organizations. And it really is about three things. You must remember this reconnection to your breath, your why, and so incredibly important, this idea of reconnecting to this moment that we're in. Because if we are unable to do those three things on the regular, we struggle. Mm -hmm. As you said that, I was like, Meredith, drop your shoulders. They seem a little high right now. Take the <laughs> tongue from the roof of your mouth and, and drop it. So those are some really practical things that we can do, um, that we can remind ourselves on a day-to-day but, you know, I want to talk a bit about that virtual community that you have cultivated because we're all virtual right now. Uh, you and I are virtual. You are joining us through Zoom today. But, you know, how can you share this message with your community, Dr. Jody? Because you certainly have cultivated um, something truly wonderful out there. For almost a full year, you started doing these morning um, Instagram live chats with everyone and 
you know, personally, you've, you've touched my life. I know you've touched many other lives here across Alberta and beyond, you know, you know, across Canada. So how do you bring that forward and bring the same energy, but virtually? Um, okay, so I heard this once early in the pandy. Uh, Mr. Rogers did all of his teaching online. And it was probably one of the most profound statements I've ever heard, because if we think about influential people in history, so many people have the capacity to captivate you with their words and with their physical presence. And so I was like, that's right. Like tens of thousands of people. I mean, this guy in 1950 garnered millions of dollars from the broadcasting corporations of the world to be able to, and he did most of this by navigating an online platform a TV show where he would start and end every day in a predictable way. He would look into the camera at the end of of hundreds and thousands of people he'd never even met and said this, there's nobody quite like you. I will see you back here next time. And thousands and thousands of people believed him because it was the truth. And I think so much of us now, if we need to stay connected, we're biologically wired for connection. We disconnect, we die, particularly Mm -hmm. from infants, yeah? And now I think the biggest effort for me moving forward is to really not consider necessarily the power of connection, but the power of reconnection, Mm -hmm. because it's not a one-shot deal. In fact, connecting to your clients, connecting to your family, that's that's an easy thing to do. It is the reconnection that will allow us to stay strong, which means how do we repair when when stuff goes south? Mm -hmm. How do we... Um, do the hard stuff when things really happen? How do we, you know, when we, we're all emotionally dysregulated and chippy. Mm -hmm. So how do we come back to the table to say like, okay, that was offside. Let's try this again. How are we going to make this work? When you have clients who are absolutely at the end of their rope and having hard conversations about their financial futures, they're typically not going to come at you in a regulated way. When you meet that emotional dysregulation with emotional dysregulation, you only got one way to go, which is that. And it's going to get explosive. How do I bring that emotion down? I meet it with regulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Tell me more. What's the hardest part? It doesn't mean I condone or support or um, allow you to treat me poorly. It means I have to collect and then I direct. That's a Gordon Newfeld phrase. Uh, he's also a Canadian psychologist. And he said, what's really critical, and we use this with kids all the time, is you've got to collect and then you direct. And it becomes very difficult to collect if you've got nothing left in the tank. Mm-hmm. If you feel overworked and underappreciated and undervalued, you will not be able to serve your clients. So right now in this moment, it becomes so critically important to look after our staff first, our, our clients second, full stop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, you often quote Ram Das and his advice about walking each other home. What a powerful message. So why does this quote resonate with you? I, I thought it was so fitting for today's conversation. Well, it's, it is my favorite quote of all time. And it's, I, I, I heard it, I found it, or it found me in a really difficult season for me when my, one of my best friends on the planet was dying of cancer. So she's 44, has two babies, and I was so struck by the fact that it was my job to be strong with her for her. And I just was really reflecting on how much she was teaching me in the process of slowly leaving this planet. And um, I found this quote and it just resonated so much. So Ram Dass is a philosopher. He's dead. He's written a book. He wrote a book of the same title. He's phenomenal. And he said this, we are all just here walking each other home. And it reminded me of so many things in so many places that even in our difficult chapters, like in the middle of a global pandemic or when you're walking through cancer or grief, 
there is the process of us doing both these things, the walkie and the walker. I'm assisting you. And in sometimes we're the same, we're in the same sentence. For example, you know, as I was holding, you know, her daughter um, at uh, Rhea's funeral, my husband had his arm on my shoulder, which I was walking her baby girl while my husband was walking me. You're the walkie and the walker at any given point in your life. Mm-hmm. And when you're navigating your family, your clients, be very careful to note that when you're doing the hard work of looking after other people, we have to be sure that somebody's got us too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can only continue to do that, right, in this position when we sort of slow down and take a look at how are we as a community supporting each other in this process? Because this is really nobody's job to get us through this process other than you and me, mm-hmm. right? put all of our faith in senior leadership or we put all of our faith in government officials, uh, they're not that good. They will not be able to navigate this from a one directive practice. It really is how are we showing up for each other in this process? Because we're we're walking each other home. Are you waving at your neighbors? Did you buy a coffee card for the fella in the line behind you? Did you show up with an extra set of whatever donuts uh, in, in, you know, individually wrapped portions this morning? COVID safe. Right, 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 right. How are we doing this in a way? Don't, don't wait for somebody else to do this. We are just walking each other home. And if you're in a position of privilege, it means you are a walker in any season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so don't miss it. I love that. And you've said it multiple times and um, different conversations that I have listened in on. And I've actually put it to practice, Dr. Jody. I've showing compassion when you are also dealing with the emotional roller coaster that we've all been living through with COVID. If you step forward and say, how are you doing? Can I buy you a coffee? Again, waving at your neighbor, sending a text message out to someone. You're choosing that this is the direction I want to I wanna head. And that, uh, it's not easy. I will say that. It's not easy sometimes to say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I don't feel great today, but I, uh, I'm i going to step out and I'm going to support my neighbor. I'm going to support my friend. I'm going to call someone and tell them how much I love them or how much I care for them. It, it, it's not easy when we're all in this same situation in our lives, right? It, it's It's very tough to do. Oh my goodness. And I think let's acknowledge that. Right. And I think one of the most powerful things we have to do on this planet is we try to fix stuff, particularly if we're wired that way. We want an answer. We want it to match up. We want it to be clear. Here's what you do. And I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, or the, the steps, not mistakes, the steps that we missed most significantly is firstly this power of acknowledgement. Now, People in the indigenous cultures have taught me this more than anybody in the last six months because I've become so aware of my racial biases in this process. Acknowledgement is not two things. It is not an apology. You can't apologize to your staff for them being in the middle of COVID. You can't apologize, uh, for example, on a larger process, you know, to our indigenous peoples and be like, you know what, sorry about the cultural genocide. That it doesn't fly because it's not an apology. The other thing an acknowledgement isn't is it's not a one-shot deal. You can't just do it one time. And we've made this mistake in this country multiple times. When is enough enough? How many times do we have to apologize uh, for mistakes uh, that have happened historically? Uh, It's never enough, first of all, because here's the deal. When you are acknowledged, you will rise. And when you think about acknowledging the people you love in your life, right? On your wedding day, would you just say, I love you and then hope for the best after that? Like, would you, I mean, we we make a big deal of, of those days where we profess our connection to another person. And after that, what if you just were like, okay, so two days later, she says to you or he says to you, hey, do you still love me? And you're like, for I told you how many times? 
look at your ring. Like, God, here's the issue. It's not a one-shot deal. And when you have staff working for you, when you have a family system that is exhausted and tired and overwhelmed, and we have groups of people that are burnt out, particularly doing tax season or, you know, whatever the deal is, that is when acknowledgement becomes the most profoundly important because when you're acknowledged, you will rise. One of my favorite hockey coaches said this, you should see how fast I can get a kid to skate when I know the name of his dog. Mm-hmm. And that, that stuck with me so much, right? Because when I want this team to skate through walls for me, it all comes back to how I treat them, how I acknowledge them in the process. Yeah. And I think so much of the time we forget that we come up with solutions. Okay. Work this, do this. I need this done by this. I did it. And what I miss is this process of, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Mosley came up with this. So if I could speak on any stage before I die, um, there are two. I would like to sit on a stage, speak with Brene Brown. And secondly, um, I would like to speak on the Eric Mosley stage. He created the work human movement and he created, you know, he does conferences all over the world. And um, I went to one of his conferences once just because Brene Brown was speaking there. I had no idea what work human was about. And uh, Toronto Burke was there. Simon Sinek was there. All these people who have become so influential in my life. And he said, what's so critically important in companies that are the most successful is they value appreciation, which for me is interchangeable with acknowledgement. Yeah. But his data is really phenomenal on this. If you appreciate your staff two times or less, in the run of a year, your turnover rate is Mm 23.7%, less than two, right? So you think about how many times we do that. We have, you know, um, administrator appreciation day. So we hand out flowers once a time. We're like, good, you're good, we're good, yeah. The day is phenomenal. Anything 12 and over means your um, turnover rate decreases to less than 2%. Mm -hmm. Now, think about that. How many times, can you imagine if I say to a senior leader, you got to acknowledge your staff 12 times. You got to appreciate your staff. 12. They're like, holy shit, that's not in the budget. Here's what the deal is. If you don't put it in the budget, you are expending exponential amounts of money trying to retrain and reorganize and get people comfortable in a team again. So it's what's really interesting is that this doesn't even have to be monetary. Uh, 50% of all employees across North America have not heard these two words throughout this COVID debacle. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Wow. When you are acknowledged, you will rise. That's some powerful stuff, Dr. Jody. I got it on a mug. I love it. I might need to purchase that mug for my office. I think that, <laughs> you know, there's some great nuggets that came out of this conversation. Um, you know, it is hard right now. It, Regardless of your profession, if you're a student, uh, wherever you are in your life, it is hard. And I think acknowledging that it is tough right now, that it is not easy day to day. Sometimes you're really just trying to get through the day before you start planning out your entire week and just say, I just need to get through it. And when we acknowledge those feelings, we can start to put into practice, okay, how can I move forward? What do I need to do? How do I fill my cup every day to make sure that I feel supported, secured, safe? Um, All of those things as we live through this global crisis. So where do we go from here? We're acknowledging our feelings. We are saying, okay, feelings, hello, you are here. I understand you. Thanks for showing up. But what do I do now? Okay, before I answer that, uh, I want to just clarify a little bit, I think, around that acknowledgement. It's not even necessarily even acknowledging in our own self. 
It's really about even acknowledging the people around us Mm -hmm. because oftentimes what happens is um, at the heart of all mental illness, right? Is you, you lose the capacity for dual awareness, which means you get very self-centered or focused. And oftentimes when we're in pain or we're overwhelmed, that happens. If you've ever been in labor, you don't, when significant pain comes, you forget, you, you block out everything else, right? You have to get internal. If you ever had a panic attack, for example, you are hypersensitive to your breathing and your heart rate and the tingliness in your hands. And you think you're having a heart attack and it doesn't really matter what's going on around you because you don't have the capacity for dual awareness, right? You're very internally focused. What helps us be much healthier, like in a, in sort of a fundamental way is really focusing on that capacity to expand your awareness into this duality where you are noticing other people. So consciously making it a part of your day to think about how do I give it away? Even when I feel like I'm at my worst, right? Even when I'm one of my French Jess Jandon wrote a book called bring the joy. She said, even when she buried her son, uh, her second baby, she said, there were moments that I, I found that were joyful even on that day because I, I needed to bring myself into that dual awareness where even in that moment, I could step out of those hard things. And so it's as simple as I want you to make it, you know, gratitude does that for you. What are you thankful for in this moment? Because it's so easy to find all the stuff that's going wrong than it is to find the stuff that's going right. So even if it's a second of reprieve that you allow yourself to say, I'm going to buy this guy's coffee. I'm going to give a guy a compliment or a, a person, a, a, somebody, a, a compliment um, on my staff today. I'm going to write a note and just leave it in somebody under somebody's windshield. doesn't even need to know you're there, right? I'm going to stop by the police station on my way home and tuck a note under uh, uh, a PC's uh, windshield wiper. That's it. That's it. It takes five minutes of your time. In that moment, your dual awareness is alive. And what happens is your cortisol decreases and your oxytocin goes up. So you're basically doing this for you, mm-hmm. not them. And that power of acknowledging other people really is how it assists you in staying healthier. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think what we'll do is pause for there, but stay tuned for part two airing on April 27th as we pick up our conversation with Dr. Carrington. We invite you to come back and join us as we dive into the second part of our discussion focused on tools and resources that we can use in our day-to-day lives. As Ram Das would say, we are all just trying to walk each other home. This episode of Straight from the CPA's Mouth featured Dr. Jody Carrington, psychologist, author, and public speaker, sharing her knowledge, compassion, and expertise on human connection and emotion during the global crisis. Don't forget to subscribe to Straight from the CPA's Mouth mailing list for exclusive content. And as always, if you have any ideas for future episodes or have any feedback you would like to share, email us at knowledgecenter at cpaalberta.ca or leave us a comment on social media. And finally, if you'd like to learn more about the Heshi CPA Knowledge Center, check us out online at cpaalberta.ca slash foundation. Thanks for listening. Straight from the CPA's mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the Heshi CPA Knowledge Centre. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca slash foundation for more information on the Heshi CPA Knowledge Centre and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.